Hi, I'm Nicole Lear. I'm a director, actress, and I am The Hustle. Welcome to episode 82 of the Hollywood Hustle podcast, a weekly show inspiring artists and entrepreneurs all over the world with the stories and struggles of those hustling towards success. Hi, everyone. It is I, Daniel Tuttle, your host, and dare I say, friend? Yeah, I think so. It is so great to be back, guys. Thank you so much for all the positive messages and thoughts while I was sick. It truly, truly meant a lot to me, and I'm so happy to announce I am back to 100% health, and I am ready to go. Now, before we get to the interview, just a few things. First of all, every Friday, we have started a new thing, a new hashtag called Small Victories. We will post a video on our Instagram asking for your small victories for that week, those little victories that lead to the big victories. We want to hear about them, and we want to celebrate them. And the following week, we will take the ones that are commented to us and DM to us and actively celebrate them in the next video when we announce that we are looking for more small victories. So every Friday, hashtag small victories, look out for it. Let us know what your small victories are for the week. Now, also, as we've mentioned before, we have moved to a new hosting site, Anchor.fm. Anchor allows for a lot of great things, sharing episodes, as well as on their app, you can leave us a voice message. And we really want you to do that. We want to hear from you. We want to know what is inspiring you. What is What are you working on? Uh, any ep- episodes we've recently done that you have questions for the guests or for us, we want to hear it. We want to respond and we want to play it on the show. So download the Anchor app and you can leave us a message. Now, Anchor FM also allows listeners to donate to their favorite podcast. So if you're tuning to us and we're one of those favorites, we'd love for you to support us by donating just a little bit of money to help us keep the podcast going and growing. The League of Hustle is why we do this. You guys can be more a part of what's going on. We will also probably do some special things for anybody that donates. So go on to the Anchor FM app or anchor.fm. And if you would like, give us the cost of a cup of coffee for a day. We would really, really appreciate it. Of course, the best way to ensure that the show continues to grow is by you, our League of Hustle. Share the episodes, subscribe, download, leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Spotify. Rating and reviewing is so big for getting our name out there. Another small thing you can do is if you're listening to the show, take a screenshot of or a picture of you listening to the show and share it on your social media. If you tag it, tag us in it, we can share it on our social media, uh, Hollywood Hustle Podcast on Instagram, LA Hustlecast on Twitter. We really want to see you listening to our show and being inspired and hear from you guys. You can also email us with any questions for guests at hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. And finally, we are looking to add a co- female co-host to the podcast. So if you or anyone that you know that lives in L.A. and hustles is looking to maybe share their stories and be a part of a community, we can be that community. Please send your resume and links to your work to Podcast at gmail.com. But if there's someone else that you think would be perfect for this, connect us through the same email, Podcast at gmail.com. We would really appreciate it. We're really looking forward to doing this, and we can't wait to find that perfect person to join the team. Now that we've taken care of those in-house reminders, let's get ready for this interview. We love Canada. It's true. We've had a few guests on here who are from and work in the Great White North, and this week just adds another name to that great list. Nicole G. Lear is originally from Vancouver, Canada. 
but now she finds any reason to travel all over and be creative. As an independent producer and director, she has produced award-winning films and commercial projects for companies such as Hootsuite and YouTube, and as a young actor, she began her career working on the TV series Edgemont Road for CBC. Her award-winning film Black Chicks, produced with acclaimed writer-director and showrunner Neil Laboot, gained her a prestigious Leo Award nomination for her work as the lead actor in the film. Also as an actor, she has worked with some of the best directors in the industry, including Robert Redford, James Cameron, James Franco, and Seth Rogen. She also recently co-starred in a film with Nicolas Cage. These experiences have made her well-known for creating authenticity in her projects. Nicole is also developing several projects through her own production company, Black Tree Pictures, which she owns with her partner, cinematographer Brendan Ugama from CW's Riverdale and the upcoming Child's Play remake. Guys, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this interview. Nicole's passion, work ethic, and love for what she does is not only inspirational, but motivational. So, without further ado, let the hustle begin. So, Nicole, thank you so much for being here. We're super excited. Like you said, you're an actor and a director, which... I love people that have multiple vocations and can do all of them. And I love like it's getting out there and just getting things done is almost impossible in this field. So the fact that you've made these short films and produced some short films is already an achievement. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. It's awesome. I mean, that your setup's incredible. I love this <laughs> mic. I feel so pro. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And uh, of course, Michael is here with us. Michael, how are you doing? Yes. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Nicole. Thank hey. you so much for being on the show. And I think uh, one of the things that we have definitely learned on this podcast is, especially as an actor, if you come to LA just to act, it's going to be hard. And so it's one of the things that you start to do is you gain experience doing other things, yeah. producing, directing, things like that. We, we live in an era of DIY. Yes. Like, and, and one of my favorite quotes, and it's actually from a wrestling team, uh, a tag team that I watch wrestling. That's not, it's not a secret. I watch Go wrestling. Go glow. <laughs> my name's Daniel Tuttle and I'm a, wrestler, I'm a wrestling holic. Um, but there's a tag team that, or a former tag team called DIY. And their, their phrase was, because no one else is going to do it for you. And I think that I've like taken that motto into my life. Like, do you do it yourself? Cause no one's going to do it for you. So, yeah. and so that was the same for me. Like I'm an actor, but mm-hmm. I moved down here and when we wanted to do podcasting, it was like, okay, yeah. let's get it done. Let's do it. So I, I've looked and I tried to find where in Canada you're from and I could not, it always just said Canadian born. So uh, <laughs> where in Canada are you specifically from? So it's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say that I'm from Vancouver, but in actual fact, I'm from a really small town that's about 13 hours north Oh wow! Uh, from Vancouver called Quesnel. Okay. And I was born in a city that's an hour more north of that called <laughs> Prince George. Oh wow. So, so <laughs> you're, you are started slowly moving down I here did. from birth. Yeah, we always used to say we just kind of moved down the road as the career pro- progressed. Um, Vancouver's int- lovely. It's it such is. a great city. It is. And I arrived in Vancouver when I was quite young, actually. So okay. didn't spend a lot of time up there. Really feel like Vancouver's my home. Right. Now, <laughs> when was it? When was the decision for you to move to Los Angeles? Oh, this is an interesting question. So The thing about me is my dream from a very young age was always to move to Los Angeles and work towards being an actor. Mm -hmm. It was never to be famous. It was never to 
you know, I didn't know what was possible. I don't have the greatest, I didn't have the greatest childhood. I didn't have the greatest opportunities, but I always knew that I wanted to be in Hollywood. Can we go back real quick? It's the one phrase you just said. Yeah. So I want you to say it again. Yeah. It was not to be famous. (laughs) Yeah, it was not. That was never my, like literally when I, I look back, I'm like, you know what? I'm probably, I had to waitress a lot as a lot of actors and actresses do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? I might be working in LA as an actress for the rest of my life, but at least I made it there and I'm working towards what I love. You're doing it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So that was the dream. And (laughs) I'm blown away and so grateful for where I'm at. And I have a lot to learn. How long have you been here? It's been two years now. Two years. All right. Well, congratulations. congratulations. They say if you make it two years, you're pretty much going to make it the rest of the way. I've heard this. Congratulations. (laughs) I'm about to hit my seven year. Yeah. This next month. This next month. Any advice? Uh, have some good friends. Yeah, good don't friends. Eat too much will... kale. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat too much kale. Yeah, friends and kale. That's what you need. <laughs> I, mean, I like kale. Stop spoiling my new TV sitcom, Friends and Kale. <laughs> Coming this, but it's kale from Keenan and Kale. You heard it it's here a, first. It's a double entendre on Hollywood Hustle. <laughs> so when you moved here uh, from Canada, uh, what were your first impressions of Los Angeles? Was it? oh man, this place is so big, I don't know how I'm going to survive, or was it just hit the full run and I'm going to just kill it? Are we allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. you can swear. Absolutely. I was like, oh my fucking God, this is so incredible because That's I had waited <laughs> so long to be here and I just automatically started to vibe with the people here. You know, people don't really hide who they are or if they do, they don't really stick around because I find that they're just so, it's cutthroat. Yes, it is cutthroat, but you really kind of, for me anyway, right away, you click in to the people that you want to hang around with, you want to be around with. And if that you find people that don't kind of vibe with you, they're just gone or you don't have to say because there is so many people. Yeah, absolutely. You have, but, you have to find your group, your tribe. Your, yeah. Your yeah. So I had like as soon as I got here, I really was very happy and I kind of dived into the L.A. scene and the sun the vitamin D. Hello. Yes, like, that's, that's like, true. You were from far so, up north. Yeah, yes. where it's like raining all the time. You know, so I think that had a lot to do with it too. Right. That was just that's, like. You, you, you kind of got out and was just like, oh my God, thank God the sun. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, and when I first, first got here, I was just in West Hollywood which was a great area. I love it very much. But then I found Malibu and surfing and, you know, having that balance between the hustle of downtown L.A. and auditions and meetings and projects and work and set. And then also being able to go home and surf and see the sunset at night. It's it's I'm very lucky. Absolutely. That's why I, anybody that asks me if I'm ever going to move back to Texas, I tell them. There's no beach near me in Texas. Holla. So no. Holla. Yeah. Yeah. Straight I'm, up. I'm staying two miles from the beach, baby. Mm-hmm. But what's also amazing is like you could have someplace as beautiful as Malibu or you could go to the downtown life where there's city life and everything. Or you could just go an hour drive or so and you're up in the mountains. It's incredible. Yeah. You have everything. You really do on in all aspects of life, not just nature. You, you can do anything in L.A. Right. Yeah. So what are some more differences you notice between like Los Angeles and like Van- the Vancouver area? Uh, that, you know, that we were like, oh, this is kind of different from what I'm used to. Differences. Um, one of the big ones that came into um, that I'm just thinking about right now is you really like you guys were saying before, people here don't just do one thing. You meet somebody back home and they're like, I'm an actor. And they're really just working on that every day. They're hustling towards being an actor. And here everyone is an actor, 
a director, mm. a producer, a writer, a cinematographer, a massage therapist, <laughs> a Reiki practitioner, a facial, you know, yeah. because you have to survive. Yeah. And um, so I was really blown away and I've learned a lot from those people because you don't have to just be one thing. You can mm. be all of what you are. And mm. I love that. Absolutely. Mm. And you can discover what you are as well, because you could come here for acting and then realize as you work on other things like oh, maybe this isn't the route that I was meant to take. I'm actually really enjoying being a casting associate. Maybe I should lean more into that and see yeah. what happens. So you, there's a lot of, there's a great chance of discovery. Down Absolutely. Here. And that's been a positive and also like an interesting challenge for me because I come from the mindset, don't have a backup. If you're going to do something, do it and keep working and learn as much as you can. Put in the, what is it, the 40,000 hours yeah. and then you mm -hmm. can master. So it's been an interesting thing for me to learn to open up and try all of these new things. And it's how I fell in love with directing, truly. I do think LA makes you open. I think if you were to, if you come down here and you're just, I'm on my one singular path, I'm just going to only do this and if you're not going to help me then i'm not paying any attention especially to you especially if it's acting if, especially for especially actors. for actors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you try to do that you will be leaving this city soon because it's it's too much when you're trying to thrive like just the day-to-day -day lifestyle and everything and if you're trying to book projects but you're not really doing much because you're not meeting people you're not building authentic relationships mm -hmm. Authentic is a great word. Yeah, I love that word. That's the big one. So yeah. when so you were here in LA, how did you get started on your acting career? Like in terms of headshots or classes? Because um, I'm not sure how much of that you were able to get in Vancouver. Yeah. So funny thing about me, I started when I was really young. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I left that little town of Quenelle and came down to Vancouver, there's an interesting story that we won't get into today in between. <laughs> but when my professional life started really taking off, I actually booked a TV series. So I'm a child actor star and I worked wow. on a show called Edgemont Road, mm. <laughs> <laughs> very much like Degrassi, um, right off the bat for five years. Wow. Okay. Um, and then I worked with Kelsey Grammer um, and also with James Cameron, who was the director of Dark. Uh, Archangel episode. So I was able to really build my career, you know, and back home, the casting directors and producers and directors are really big on don't go to LA until you're ready. Yeah. So mm. by the time I arrived in LA, I was kind of, I wouldn't say set up because you always have more. There's always more, you know, like now I'm looking to go to the UK. Now I'm looking to go to New York half the time and LA half the time because mm -hmm. I really, I love to travel. Right. Um, but by the time I got to LA, I was ready to go. Yeah. I mean, I think when you coming to L.A. is like entering the draft. Yeah. You're, like coming here, you're in, you're putting your name mm -hmm. in the in the bucket and we're waiting for your name to be called. Yeah. And so I don't believe in waiting, though. Oh, Chris, <laughs> you're, you're, you're working. You're still working. Yes, it's a I different you, kind of waiting. Yes. But, uh, you're still building. You're still building your own name and building what you can do. It gets real. But, like you have to come here knowing the basics of screenwriting knowing the basics of being an actor and what that means and how to, to pursue that. Yes. Or, or on the opposite end, if you don't, you must be willing to learn. But to understand, and I think this is a big one because I came down to LA, I had my degree in acting. And so I had this kind of arrogance of like, oh, I don't need to go back to class. I just mm -hmm. spent X amount of years in college getting this degree. I know what I'm doing. And then, you know, those first Whoa. couple years go by and you're like, oh, wait, no, I need to get back in class. And so I think you have to, Either come, you obviously come down here knowing either of those things or coming down understanding, yes, it's going to take some work and some grit to pay for it, 
but it's worth it for your career. Yeah, no, I just think it's an interesting thing. I believe in, um, even though I've had some successes and I look forward to having more successes, um, I just believe in always continuing to learn regardless. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an interesting thing that, um, because we're playing life as actors, right? We're really playing life and life changes and situations change and we have our life and then we have to learn about all of these other lives. So I'm of the school of never start, or never stop, excuse me, never stop studying mm -hmm. never stop learning and so i'm in a class all the time right all oh. the time like i and i will never stop that i even while um i just finished the nick cage movie through that entire time i was in class with larry moss and right. i work because wow. you know you don't get to work on set every day right. no. so if you're not working on it how are you getting better it's not like theater where theater yeah. you get all these weeks of rehearsal and everything yeah. like that on set you will have done the work before coming Absolutely. to set. And so you were already ready. You had experienced a level of success in Canada. So how was that connecting here in LA? Yeah, I mean, what's ready, right? Because yeah, every every <laughs> every project is so different, yeah, and every you, you, but yeah, you broke our show. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a concept. I don't know if we have time for. Yeah, it's a whole other conversation. But I I definitely had a grasp of you know time management. Show up on set, be professional, mm -hmm. have a wonderful team behind you. Know that it's a collaboration. Yeah. Know that it's not about you. It's not about the actor. There is so much other stuff going on. Right. Know that you have to put in your time and know that you have to work hard right mm -hmm. so i had those things down so you mentioned earlier you know building your your group your your friend circle your tribe your league your your yeah. support um how did you go about finding those people here where did you go what did you do to kind of connect with other creatives and other artists to kind of build that following and that that true that troop behind you so the interesting thing about me is i have friends and I like to call some friends family because mm -hmm. um, I believe that you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Absolutely. And sometimes friends become family. Yeah, families. Mm -hmm. um, friends so, of the family you choose. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I have one girl that um, is Megan Topham, who mm -hmm. will never even hear this podcast. She's <laughs> such a hippie. She has nothing to do with it. But she's been by my side since I was 13. You should say something very embarrassing about her right now. And that way um, she has to listen to it. To oh, no. I almost said you almost got me. You almost got me. So close. <laughs> I was like, oh, and the red light is on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> the red light is on. Um, but in terms of coming to L.A. and finding my tribe, even with that, um, you know, I hang out in the surf rider beach. So a lot of the people down there, my surf coach, Pete, mm -hmm. uh, he makes films. And it's just about being around people that are positive, not necessarily in the same disciplines that you are. Mm -hmm. Just positive energy because you're going to learn something from the surfer or the surf bum that's hanging out on Malibu Beach, which we did. Grandpa has amazing stories. You know, he's been on that beach for years and years. Mm -hmm. I'd love to do a documentary about him right. because there's a story that needs to be told. Yeah, um, so, you know, I just do stuff. I surf. I make films. You meet people. And mm -hmm. I think they become the people that are around you. And I'm a firm believer of the five people that are around you are the sum of who you are. Mm -hmm. So I'm careful about who I keep around. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when was it that you kind of went, I want to try directing and I want to try producing? Yeah. When, when did that kind of come about for you? So here's a secret that not many people know. Ooh, everybody listen closely. <laughs> I won't publish this part. <laughs> I'm actually an amazing producer. I was an executive assistant producer to Sean Williams, who is a huge producer in Canada for um, two, two and a half years. Um, and so I learned a lot from his office and working under um, some of those assistants there, you really get great at producing. Yeah. 
while I was working as a producer, there, or excuse me, an assistant to the producer, I produced uh, my first short film called Henry's Glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also co-directed that. Yeah. I've always had the idea that as I grew in my career that I wanted to direct. It's just things were so good. I was working a lot as an actor. So you want to be able to put, I believe in putting 100% into the projects. So it wasn't that I discovered that I wanted to be a director. I just have more time to create my projects now. Um, And my secret is that I'm actually a great producer, but (laughs) an actor by love. (laughs) (laughs) No one approached me. I I have enough producing because producing is hard work. Right. We, you know, actors talk about, you know, we have to do these things. We have to keep our body and our Mm -hmm. voice and, you know, all these muscles tuned. But you want to talk about hard work. Yeah. Just produce a short film. I'm actually in the middle of starting to produce. Yeah. We're, we're, we just had our first like pre-production meeting yesterday with me and the two other producers mm-hmm. of it. So I'm, I'm diving right into that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. We need more producers always. <laughs> absolutely. I, I support to create more fully. content. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Fantastic. I also think that as an actor, if you can have the producer mentality, that will only help just the organization of your hustle, yeah. your your day-to-day life of I trying to get it, everything together. Yeah, I call it a producer out of necessity. Mm. <laughs> that's what I call it, a producer out of necessity. Like, Which, that's on your business card, right? <laughs> Actor, producer out I of feel necessity. Like that should, I think anybody should have like whatever your main thing is and then whatever you, you do on the side, like as, out, know, of out of necessity. <laughs> <laughs> like, director, writer, out of necessity. Poet, out of necessity. <laughs> yeah, poet, out of necessity. Uh, uh, homeless, out of necessity. Um, so uh, so you, you, you're in the you're in it, You've started meeting people. You, you've started uh, putting together your own projects. How do you go through your days and schedule your time? So schedule it between the school, the the the, the personal work, the uh, you you time, the the acting, the the rehearsal, the memorizing lines. What is your trick to kind of keeping yourself on point and making sure you're always where you need to be and what you're doing. Yeah, 100% before I go to bed every night, I sit down, I open my day planner. I'm old school. I have a book and a pen. And I use the same, um, I think it's called Brown Brown Lean or something. It's a uh, day planner every year. Same one. It's a very exciting moment when I pick up my day planner. <laughs> Light shines down. Yeah, I'm like, it glows. I found the right color. It's always black and gold. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, um, you've accomplished everything today. Yes, I, I hear that voice. Have a chocolate. Um, But no, sit down 10 minutes every night before I go to bed and I plan out the next day. Because in our industry, it changes. You know, and I firmly believe in working out hard for an hour every day, whatever that means. Sometimes it doesn't always fit in. But as long as you know the night before and... There's a very interesting way to do this. Some people go into this. I use this a little bit, but your A list and then your B list. And you can't go onto your B list until your A list is done. So there's some things in your planning that are non-negotiable that you have to get done. Um, meeting my cinematographer, meeting my composers yesterday or the audition, that always gets bumped to the A list because you have to make those meetings. And then the B list. That's where the private things, the me time, the meeting up with the girls or sometimes networking has to go there because the work comes before networking, even though networking is part of it. So A list, then B list and always run through it the night before. Oh, that's really cool. I've, I really I've like never, that. I've, Yeah, I've never heard anybody kind of put it that put it that way. And I think it's also good that you physically write it down because yeah. 
I have, I am that person who, who's trying to figure out how to structure my days and everything. And there's so many apps that are helpful, but there are apps and they can disappear on your phone like that. And then you that. end up on Instagram. Let's yeah. face it. Anytime you go to your phone, you're not like, I, you know. Exactly. And so <laughs> I think there's a nice thing about like sitting down and just organically coming up with it. Well, then I think there's research that says like if you write it down, you're more likely to remember it and more likely to do it if you put it on paper because you kind of like put it out in the world. It goes into your subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. Put it out in yourself. So when do you set like goals for yourself, like a yearly or weekly or daily? Like, I mean, obviously you have your like, I'm going to do you know, a and I'm, my goal is to meet with my cinematographer and discuss this. But do you have, you know, career goals for yourself? And do you have any? You know, what are your short and do you have any long ones? Yeah. So I do it by the year. OK. Um, Keely, my manager, is amazing at this. She has like an entire thing for us and her, all of her clients that she's put together. Right. And it really changed the way that I looked at goals, because for me before that, I was always looking at just the year. You know, um, okay, these are the things I want to accomplish this year. But when I met Keely, she really broke it down for me. And she's like, look, babe, you got to go month, week. What do you want this month? What do you want next month? What do you want in three months? What do you want in that whole thing? Mm -hmm. All the way up to, I think we go up to five years. Um, five years where I was like, whoa, this is like, I even got just shivers talking about that because it really gives you deadlines. Mm -hmm. Um, so this year, one of my goals was to direct these projects, which is January, and we've already booked two. This is literally from Keely, like, write this stuff down. And I was like, well, I have these things I want to do this year. She's like, write it down. Just write it down. You don't, like, just do it. I'm like, okay. A little reluctant, but I did it. And January... I think by the 15th, we had already booked two directing gigs for me right off the That's first year. And that was my goal for the whole year. Wow. So now I get to go back and you get to put more things on the goal list that you mm. want to accomplish. And I think it has something to do with the writing it down. I really do. I think right. it goes into your subconscious. And if you're somebody who meditates or does TM, mm. you know, those goals come into that work as mm. well. Well, in the end, it's all about mindset. And yeah. so putting that in your head, you, you've set it and you've yeah. set and, and now there's that fear of like, if I don't do it, then you feel like this sense of failure, quote unquote. And that, you know? for some reason, when I write something down, I don't know if it's because I've been working with the day planner right. for so long. I I do have a fear of like, <laughs> okay, let's do it. Like the spin class, like 930. Right. And then if I don't get to cross it off. It's like, you feel bad. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like your hands like screaming because <laughs> yeah. you don't get to do it. And, you know, Michael and I both, like one of the, one of my goals for this year was to be uh, uh, more serious about my resolutions for this year, my goals, and really think about them and really uh, uh, take time to dissect them. And I even found like an article about like the best ways, the best type of resolutions and way and resolutions that don't work. And a lot of them are like, you know, don't do a resolution that requires somebody else's approval uh, and things like that. And so our, uh, one of our previous episodes this, this season, we actually gave our 19 for 2019 resolutions some are smaller you know one of mine is to get to six flags this year so cool. it's it's small I'll go simple. With you. one time yes let's, let's do go. it it's hollywood hustle podcast trip <laughs> um, yeah and then you know the, uh, there's more that are like uh every two months have a new script written and so there's and 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 at the same time i go in going if i don't accomplish all of these that's okay but my goal is to accomplish most of them you know and, and so that that really drove me to be more engaged with this year already. But breaking down into things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Like, so one of my personal ones was like, have an amazing time at my wedding. 
Right. Yeah. Like that's something that's not that's... connected to the industry. It's connected to life. And it's just good to remind yourself to like be in the moment and be present. Right. You, especially you for were getting that. married. Yeah. I'm getting married this year. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You we're, will have a good time. That's like a non-negotiable yeah, day. Exactly. It's all about you. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And if I don't, Daniel, it's your fault. Yeah. Well, I am <laughs> planning on hindering all of that fun. <laughs> I'm totally crashing that wedding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Join us. It'll oh, be in downtown LA. I'm, I'm running it. So it's going to be a good one. But it's also good to like break down into like for me i would always i remember in past years it was like book three co-stars um by this year but then i realized i have no control in the casting of that i could make goals to go out and audition and show up and do all the work for that or create the show but i can't be the one to say oh this casting director will cast me well even in the audition you you don't have control over being invited yeah, to audition. exactly. So it's, you know, it needs to be something where like, I, I'm going to submit to three projects a week. Yeah. And that way that is on you. Yeah. It is and, not on anybody and else. And so for me, like I, this year, I've just been really submitting hard and I, I've already had two commercial auditions and I'm uh, filming a show next week. Congratulations. And, and it's awesome. just a good feeling because it's like, you can't wait for it. Like these big changes to happen to you. You have to be the one to change yeah, it. Yeah, I've never been, and it's one of my small downfalls, uh, downfalls, excuse me. I've never believed in waiting. From a very, very young age, there was something, I don't know what it was, but I've always believed, number one, um, my grandfather taught me mind over matter. And number two, you got to work for it, and it takes money to make money. And, you know, I come literally from nothing, none of, like, nothing my parents are alcoholics unfortunately I left home when I was like 15 and I've been on my own ever since and I just don't believe in not putting in the work and if you want something just go get it you might not get it when you want it you might get it when you need it you you, the road there might not be what you think the road was going to be mine certainly was not um but as long as you're willing to keep working and to set these goals like we're talking about and keep working towards it it's going to happen you know, the, and it's going to change. It doesn't always like I'm not going to lie. I didn't see myself. I'm starting to be way more successful as a director than an actor. And my career is changing. And that was hard for me. I've had a few nights where I've cried. Sounds so hey, no, because, it is because okay. I felt like part of my actor was dying to become a director. And you kind of have as an artist, you're like, Am I letting, am I giving up? Am I letting this go? But you have to, like you said earlier, you have to do all of these things. But that was really hard for me. Well, I, the, the way, so okay. sorry. The, the way, yeah. you know, the, the best way to look at it, I think, and, it, and first of all, it is okay to cry. Yeah, that, I mean, that's honest, right? That's, because part, I feel like part of your art, you, I have always had this vision that I would be the waitress mm -hmm. <laughs> and the actress. <laughs> right. And now all of a sudden the universe is saying, you're going to direct as well. Right. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? I, I'm, I need to prepare for this, you right. know? It's new and it's good. Right. It means you're growing. Pain think, means growth. I think an unofficial motto for this podcast would be it's okay to cry. <laughs> because it, it's it's okay, you know, you hear people who struggle with letting the like they they keep those emotions in and oh, they I feel don't. like they 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 feel shame like oh, you know, I was crying about this. It's like it's okay. Like there's going to be times where your emotions are just at that peak. And you've got to let it out. And if you don't, yeah, it's I not think, good for you. I think you. that we all let it out. I think what it is is that we don't always show everybody that we're letting it out. And I think that has to do with society, especially for men, unfortunately. I think that there's been a lot of unfair things put on um, different 
generations or, or different, I don't know what the right word is, but I think you understand what I'm saying, is it's okay to do this here, but it's not okay to do this here. And I just don't agree mm-hmm. with that the at all. The idea of like what makes a man and what, what is even, manly. Yeah, or even a girl, right? Yeah. Like for, you know, it's okay to cry. Or sometimes even in the profession, right? There's, um, I was reading something the other day where someone's like, you have to know when to throw a fit to get what you want as a director, but then you also have to know when you're just being a baby and throwing your rattle out of the right. out of the um, window, window, window yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, which is a whole nother thing, you know. But but also to bring it note, back into acting, good job. You know, for, well, for me, you, earlier you were saying like acting is all about life experience. Yes, and part of life is failure. Part yeah. of life is sadness. Part of yeah. life is just asking like, why is it so hard? How like what's going on? So. Yeah. It's okay and figuring, it out, and and figuring it out and moving on is yeah. definitely the big thing. But it's like, take that time to feel that yeah. because as an actor, you might be playing a character one day or writing a character or directing someone playing that character in that moment. Yeah. And you'll need to have that life experience to touch on. And I will say the first thing to do is get the word failure out of your vocabulary yeah. because yeah. you're never a failure. Yeah. Ever. I mean, you just learn, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's things sometimes don't work out. And sometimes you move on to the next thing. You didn't fail. You went out and you tried it. You put your mind to it and you gave it a go. That's more than 75% of people can say they did. You know, and I I I completely agree with you. Last year, I applied to the AFI Women Directors Workshop. Mm -hmm. And we just found out a couple weeks I wasn't selected. But, oh my gosh, all of the stuff that I learned from putting together that application. You know, I have have an incredible complete pitch package ready to go you know and if i would have been doing that program i wouldn't have been able to make uh my web series that's coming up that i'm directing all eight of so it was almost a blessing in disguise and you just don't know you can't Mm -hmm. predict the future now another word that's kind of thrown around la is the phrase you know making it or i made it or i i can't wait till i make it so my my question for you is (laughs) like personally what is your vision of like you making it like what is what does that mean for you what does that mean for me like I just think like you don't ever make it because I think that that also goes along with I want to be famous I made it I'm worth this much money now and those are things that especially I've learned from from Larry just being able to watch him work and on an artistic level is we've never made it like you've never arrived you're still living life the sun still sets you still have to wake up and what do you want to do like I don't ever want to retire you know that's not something I'm even close to thinking about but that idea like I want to continue to make amazing projects and tell amazing stories we have people on Broadway who are like how old is she right now 82 or something and some of it you know you don't stop you don't stop as an artist. And if you stop, I think that's when things start to go downhill. So I don't know the answer to that question for myself individually, because I hope that I'll keep working long past when they say it's over, right. you know, Absolutely. and the and age is attached to that. And I don't even agree with any of that. But I like so. the idea that making it could just be to keep on working, to just yeah, keep on keep exploring going. and learning. Yeah. 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 Have, Never have stop career. doing what you love. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, some people word it like this. They're like, I want to have a working, um, a working career or be a working actor. I want to go project to project. And I understand everybody wants to be successful. What they're really talking about is being successful and being able to do those projects that they love. And I get that. I want that too. Everybody does. And if they don't say they want it, then they're just not telling the truth. Right. Everybody wants success in their life and i i i support that absolutely absolutely so you talked about you know you take classes 
and you continue to work on your own, your skills and your, your, your tool set, uh, what else do you do to kind of keep growing and, and, and bettering yourself as an artist and as a person? Yeah. So right now I'm working with this voice teacher called Bruce. I, can't sing <laughs> and I have had a couple opportunities come up in the last two years um, to play different parts like the Supremes because they're doing this new thing I don't know if I, I'll just stop there because I don't know what I'm allowed to say <laughs> but they desperately wanted me I got called in and then I got called in for the callback and then I got called in for all of these things and then they even went don't don't sing just lip sync this is at like the third or fourth callback and I'm like this is something that I have to work on so one of the things I'm working on this year is learning to sing Mm -hmm. and I hope to maybe do something on Broadway one day not as a lead because Keely and I would not go on to have a career if I was trying to sing as a lead (laughs) jokes 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 but I think that you're always trying new stuff so that's something that I'm doing um, producing a lot more independent projects, um, the web series that's coming up, directing more projects, and just like you said earlier, do I, you know, doing your own stuff, do it yourself, and creating projects for yourself and not waiting, mm-hmm. not waiting. How do you, how do you, so shifting to talk as like producer, director, yeah. what do you do to build that kind of positive energy on set? I'm a people person, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a tad. So sometimes it's me learning to keep my mouth shut because I'm a talker. And sometimes you have to learn. Sometimes you have to learn to listen and just really vibe out on what that person needs. Because you can pick up what different people need if you just listen. And I don't mean... Yeah, you got to use your ears, but also you can see body language. Like right now we're all sitting. We're very into this. We're all open body language. And... So yeah, it's important to listen sometimes. Oh, things are changing. Don't cross, energy, don't cross your arms, Daniel. changing in the room. It must <laughs> cross arms. Yeah, so you know, it's it's for me, sometimes I need to learn to bring my energy down. And then when it's high energy, you just, you know, that one's easy for me. I just let her rip. So mm-hmm. so coming from an actor background, you know, obviously it, there's, there's definitely a kinship with yes. actors and what yes. they go through uh-huh. uh, and stuff like that. So one thing I'd like to ask directors, and I've asked every single director we've had on here, mm-hmm. what is, and, and, and I'm interested, especially because you come from an acting background. Mm-hmm. My first, there's two parts here. Great. What is your favorite thing about actors? You know what is that most directors, they this is a, a thing that all the directors say that aren't trained as actors. They don't know how to talk to actors. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is that's my comfort. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so comfortable there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I vibe with the actors. I love talking to them because mm-hmm. I speak their language because I'm an actor. Right. And absolutely. they usually pick up what I'm saying really mm-hmm. quickly because I don't get technical on them. Right. It's about emotions. Right, right. That's what actors are doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second part is what's your least favorite thing about actors when you're directing? When they're not willing to try something and I'm the director. <laughs> and when it's they funny. Don't listen. Nah, it's not even that they don't listen because I think a lot of actors, and I've been there too, where you're like, I feel my character would do this with the right hand. And in your head, you're like, well, actually, we're shooting a French reversal. It doesn't matter. Your hand's not in the shot. Can you actually just do it? It's a technical thing, but I'm trying to speak to you as an actor. And so I think as actors, we have to be really open minded to the fact that the technicians that are making our shows and working with us they really know what they're doing and sometimes not sometimes it's never about you as a person it's mm. about the story right yeah Absolutely. and that's important or like i said it's about the technical it's about the sound or it's about the camera shot or yeah it's about, there's if you do that we'll see this end of the set so yeah. you can't do that and you know i want to add to that because mm. i think um it's not about you has been 
being lately thrown around there. And I, I don't mean that I'd like to, I, this is something that kind of hit home with me lately, especially in class is it is about the character that you're playing. And I think a lot of people are missing that mark. It's not that it's not about us as an artist because we have such value as actors and what we're doing is so important. The world needs actors so badly right now because if these stories that are happening in the world don't get out, the world is going to stay the same. And right now we're at a pivotal point where we have to get all of these diverse, interesting, different stories out. And if it doesn't come out, the world is not going to be a better place. And I believe that art makes the world a better place. Absolutely. So when people say it's not about you, it it is, but it's not. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I it's not it. about the individual person, but it is still about your art. And you're there to help tell the story and move the story Yeah, it's about, it's about how you connect with the overarching Yeah, the story, story. the story. Because yeah. I, I feel like actors have started to have this thing told to them and I don't want their value to be lessened. I want them to keep their power and I want us to keep doing what actors do so well and that's bring people together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, kind of speaking, going through as an actor and as a director, yeah. what would you say over the years has been your biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome or you're still working on overcoming? Oh, this is such a hard one. I'm going to be really honest. Please do. That's what my, this is about. My body image since I was... So young. Um, so I'm like Beyonce. I'm curvy. I've always struggled. And, you know, this is the year of love yourself as you are. Um, but it's something that I continue to struggle with. And it's been, you know, you guys are both guys. But I'm sure that some you can relate because we oh, all relate oh, in oh, some way. Oh, trust me. I can relate. Yeah. I also look like Beyonce. And yes. I'm also curvy. Um. <laughs> you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. And, yeah. and I'm still learning how to work with that, especially in our industry, because I feel like we put a lot of that on ourselves because we, it doesn't matter. Like, look at the amazing actors out there. Look at all the diverse looks and body types we have. And one of the things like when I first met Keely, I think I said right off the bat, I'm like, well, I'm not a typical actress. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was talking about my size and she didn't even... She didn't even <laughs> see that. She just saw the resume and the work. And she's like, but hello, lady, you know, so that was like, <laughs> you know, and so that but truthfully, honestly, answering it's it's been my body image. Mm -hmm. And I, I struggle with that. I think that's for a lot of people, especially mm -hmm. actors, because your body is your tool. It is yeah. your part of well, your so often do you see casting breakdowns and more than half of the casting notice is the physicality of what they want. Yeah. And then. As Sometimes an actor, gratuitous, gratuitously. Yeah. And, and then as an actor, you have to ask yourself, well, am I this? Am I that? Do I look this way? Yeah. And we are our own worst critics, right? We are our own worst judges. And so there's been many times where I haven't submitted for things because I don't see myself as that. And you know what's the craziest thing about this? Mm -hmm. So last year I had my biggest project. So I have a score to settle coming out where I have quite a few scenes with Nick Cage. It's just yeah. me and him. Mm. And I saw this breakdown um, myself. And it was written for a male, a man, and the all of the things were not me, but the story. I was like, I know that story. I've lived that. I grew up in that. I, that's me. That's yeah. literally me. And I submitted, and I got an email back from casting being like, you saw that it's for a man. And I just explained myself. I said, mm -hmm. I'd really love to put it on tape if you're open-minded to watching the tape. Mm -hmm. And I ended up booking the part. Nice. I booked out um, out of, I had to out-audition five guys at the callback. It was me and five other guys. And it was crazy. And that's something that started the way that I look at myself at that point started changing. Because if I can go into an audition that's written for, you know, a thug man, mm -hmm. 
and outbook them with my cabbage patch face. Like, <laughs> hello, we're onto something. Just love yourself the way you are, Absolutely. you know? But well, you gotta learn that lesson. You know, in the, in the new yeah. season of uh, True Detective, Mahershala Ali is the lead, which that part was originally w- written for a white guy. Yeah. And he convinced him to change it to an African-American because he was going to play a, a lower, a smaller part. And he convinced him to, to take this part and make it an African-American man based on how it would add to the story. Uh, we just saw the movie Glass mm-hmm. uh, this past week at the time of this recording. And uh, Sarah Paulson's character, yeah. uh, Dr. Stapleton, yeah. um, was originally Risen written man. as a man. Yep. And, you know, she went on to play the role, though. So it's it's incredible. It's it's crazy. And I'm so excited for you guys to check out this film. I've been in touch with the producers and um, I think it's going to be I don't think I know it's going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever thought for any moment about walking away? Absolutely. Mm hmm. Don't yeah. we do that every fucking day? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, everyone does, right? Right. Come on. You like, you know, I, oh man. Yeah. The AFI thing was something I really wanted because the women are amazing that come out of there and the connections that you have. And when that didn't happen, you know, you, you're like, well, what are you going to do now? You got to keep going. Yeah. You know, you sit down the night before you look at your goals and then in the morning you get over it and you put on your big girl pants and you keep working but I think you know there was a time that I actually tried to walk away um it was after some success and I became a flight attendant for two years um (laughs) and I had the most wonderful time and then my heart broke and um I tried to do for some reason I was like you know you if you don't create as an artist things happen you either turn to alcohol, you turn to drugs, you turn to self-harm because your creativity is not getting out of you. And if you don't get it out of you, you just combust. Um, and so for two years, I tried to be a flight attendant. I traveled. And then one night, I, I turned to my friend and I was like, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. I, I don't do stand-up comedy. <laughs> I have never trained to do stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And we went to this place and I'm like, I'm going up there. And she's like, what are you doing? Like, you don't do this anymore. You and pulled a Mrs. Maisel. Oh, dude, I bombed <laughs> oh. so bad. We could, we, could, we could share a story about so that. So bad. <laughs> but then that was the moment. The next day I quit and I knew for the rest of my life that I was going to be an artist. Yeah. And I had to go back to acting. Yeah. You know, but so we all do. We all have those moments. Absolutely. And now mm-hmm. to, on the other side, what would you what would you say is your greatest strength? People. Yeah. People. I love people. I love um, debating with them. I love talking to them. I love learning from them. Um, they are who I learn the most from. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge people person. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah, I just think it's cool. And, you know, it always doesn't turn out well. I think that you learn from all your situations. Mm-hmm. But well, you yeah. seem very open to people. So you seem very <laughs> open with people coming, you know, meeting new people and, and, mm-hmm. and letting them in yeah. and talking to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, kind of going a little bit away from the industry side of it to kind of more uh, your your life and personal life and things like that. How has the 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 hustle and the work and the stress and the the will it won't it situations? How has that affected you personally? You get what do they say? The skin of a rhinoceros and the heart of a rose. I love that saying. That's a Larry Moss saying, and. Um, because you can't let it get to you, but you still have to be sensitive enough to know that everybody's not out to get you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and have, have, do you feel like you have become a different person 
because of what you've gone through? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How, how have you changed? Um, I used to trust everybody. You know, I come where I do come from, it's a quite a small town. And I knew that I had to get myself out. And then when you come to the big city, you don't know that there's people that don't have your best interest in mind. And that was, I mean, that sounds really naive, but I was in some, you know, I was really young. I was 15. You know, I was on the street for a while. And, you know, you can't trust everybody, but you can learn to take different things from different people and you can learn from different people. So you just you have to be careful. You have to protect your heart. And you also have to know that not everybody is out to get you, but not everybody is out for you. So you just have to be careful. And so what do you do um, during those times of like when when that doubt pops up? Is there anything that you oh, yeah. do n- not connected to the industry or anything? What yeah. do you do to get out of that space? Okay, so you can't tell right now, but I actually do bikini fitness competitions. So there was, I love to squat. Like I love to work out hard in the gym and I can work out straight up, work out then harder than any fucking guy in the gym. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't care who you are. I know that about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm an animal in the fucking gym. Mm-hmm. Like, I will crush you <laughs> in the fucking gym. And that's a and challenge. I'm like, no, Bring not even. That's not even a challenge. That's a statement. Like, I go hard. And I'll meet new trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey's my trainer right now. And he'll just be shocked at some of the things that he has to come up with. And I love it. Um, and I finally found something that I love lifting weights. I have to be careful mm-hmm. because of my genetics. I'll bulk up really quickly. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found these competitions where you get to work out like an animal and then you get on stage in a bikini that's really sparkly and you get all your hair and makeup done and it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's like, what I love about that though is that like when, f- where, what I hear is like when the mind's not feeling healthy, you get into your get the body. energy out. Get, yeah. And that's so often how I feel of like, I feel like. I'm not doing enough. What What's going on? If I just exercise that out of me, yeah. I feel so much better. You do not stay at home in bed. No. Do not. There's this, um, it's a book. I'll give it to you after to check out. It's mm-hmm. like the count backwards from five and be like the rocket. Have you heard this new no. thing? It's incredible. I just checked it out. But it's like you can trick your mind, right? Because your mind is there to get you out of uncomfortable positions. But when do you grow? You grow when you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So you got to out trick the mind. So you, five, four, three, two, one, go. Alexandra, is another song or something? <laughs> bad joke, bad joke. But no, for real, for real. You yeah. have to just physically get it out. Mm-hmm. And it's different for everybody. Like mm-hmm. you said, you write, you mm-hmm. know, and you got to do something. Because yeah. if you just sit and sulk, I mean, that's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You can tell, that's you, a traffic jam. Yeah, you guys can't see happen. my face, but it was really scrunched up mm-hmm. at that moment. Sitting and sulking <laughs> is doing nothing. And if you're doing I nothing, just, nothing's happening. I just don't have time for that. <laughs> so, so, so have you found a, do you believe you found a nice balance between the the hustle and your personal kind of free time, you know, Nicole life? I think it's become the Nicole life. Okay. Like, I, I thrive when when I'm hustling mm-hmm. and I thrive when I'm around people. And a lot of people are like, you're a workaholic or that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you've been sick eight times this year and I haven't been sick in five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, like as a cold or a flu right. or whatever. And, you know, I'm not that's no judgment. Everybody has to do their own thing. But I feel really great mm-hmm. when I'm working mm-hmm. and I haven't even gotten like, you know, I have a few projects coming up and things are good, right. but I'm at like. Just the tip of the like iceberg. 1%. Yeah, of like yeah. what I want to do. And so my challenge is always, how can you do more in mm-hmm. a healthy way? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I've got more to give. So, yeah, you're saying like, where's your 
balance. Yeah. And I'm saying, I don't know if I believe in balance. <laughs> well, it's not, it sounds more like what you're saying. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's kind of all go. merged together. Yeah, so yeah. Like, this is my life. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Some people don't agree with that. But it works for me. And mm-hmm. I think you have a certain amount of time to put your name you know, out there where people can trust you um, and they know that your reputation is good and I'm not about to sit back and, you know, I surf on Sundays. So that's, you know, sometimes that's a couple hours there. I think Keely called me once and she's like, we have this stuff going on. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'm with my surf coach right now and I have no way to write this down. Can we talk tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it comes up where I do my own thing, but really I love to to keep hustling. Yeah, you're kind of always on it. And I know several people that are like that. They're always... On, yeah, in a way. Well, but I think what's also great for you is that it, it sounds to me like you're always doing something that you love and are passionate about, that's and the that's key. that's the big thing. I think where it's difficult for others is like if you have that day job or whatever that's bringing you down or something like that, or yeah. you know. But then you have to find other ways to just exercise that artistic spirit. See, I don't. I'm so sorry. I don't yeah. even agree with that because I believe that you can find a day job that you love. Mm-hmm. For most of my life, almost all of this is. These last two years, um, because of my family situation, I have been lucky enough that I haven't had to have another job. Mm -hmm. Um, I have some cameras that go on to bigger shows and they they re-rent them to those shows and then we have a paycheck that comes in. So Mm -hmm. I still have to have an income, but I took the time to set that up. Like if you don't like what you're doing, get out because it's going to hurt you in so many different ways that you don't even know. Mm -hmm. So even from the beginning when I was in the restaurant industry, I was still doing that with full passion because I had to, because if you're not happy, it's going to, it's really going to hurt you. And and Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer, don't do what you don't love. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not doing it with love and passion, like there's this, I'm really big into like positive speaking and like theories. Mm -hmm. So if we look at our lives, everybody, right? Mm -hmm. From like 10 to 100. Mm -hmm. um, And then you take off the ends because the beginning, and this is typical, this is not entertainment industry, this is just life, right? right? Okay. So the first years up to like your mid 20s, that's before work, right? Mm -hmm. And then from what is it like 65, we're supposed to retire, retire. right? Mm -hmm. And then that middle part, that's when you're working. Mm-hmm. That's oh, the majority well, of your life. Not everybody. I've been working since I was 13. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> totally. color, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the same club. Yeah. So that is the majority of your life. But so most, if, you yeah. are, if you're not doing something that you love for your the majority of your life, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and I can definitely tell, like, just because you're, like, and I'm a per- people person. As a waiter, I enjoyed waiting tables for the most part because I enjoy people. Yeah. And I enjoyed to talking to them and entertaining them. And I mean, I just basically made it a performance. Every yeah, time every, every actor makes it. A, yeah, I just a made it a performance. Mm-hmm. And then then you have there are those that are not as welcoming to someone like that. Yeah. And then you just adjust. And mm-hmm. so those people, I would tone it down and I would just be like, what do you need? And I'm out of here and yeah. I will come back when that plate is empty. And, and that's the way to do it. Yeah. That's the way to do it because you have to be OK with yourself and OK with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the other big things we talk a lot about on the show is support. Yes. Um, how, uh, you know, the thing that gets you through the tough times, where do you go or who do you go to for that support? Most recently it was Keely. We had this, she is amazing. If you guys haven't had her on the show, you really need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and she hustles. Oh my God, she hustles. So we had this opportunity come up and I was in the middle of a workshop and I, w- I got the call. There's like people on the team and Keely called me. She's like, babe, what are you doing? Like, you've asked for this. What are you doing? And I was like, listen, I don't have time. I don't have time. And honestly, she's been such a support for me because she's 
shown me that there's room for everything. And she like handled that like and over it, you know, like the next day right onto it. So she's been a really big support in my professional life, but also teaching me that there's no such thing as you can't. Mm. There's mm-hmm. just figuring it out. Right. And and I and one of the things that we haven't touched on too much about on the show is like actor agent, you know, relationships and stuff. And I've I, had a hard time. Yeah, like sure. I've like Please, in sure. Canada. So I I love agents and I love managers, but I don't get like what they do. Like <laughs> sorry, Keely. But like so we do all the like and I know they work really hard. Right. But and then they have their laptop and their phone and then they drink a lot of coffee and then they call people and then we but we we have to drive to go see the people. But then the contracts go to them. But then they call us to see what's and they're like supposed to be. I don't get it. You know, I would never I I get it. Like, I get it. And I know they bust their ass, but I also don't get it. And it's been hard for me, like in the beginning of my career, when I didn't understand what was happening. I was like, well, I'm not working with that agent. I'm not working with that agent. And then I became one of those actors that was an agency jumper. Mm. And then I met Keely and Render. I Render at play. And Render is a hard ass. <laughs> He's, <laughs> and he has to be. He's the only male in the entire agency um, in both Canada and the States. And he's just like, Nicole, we're going to go. And honestly, when I started with him and Keely, I went from like one and two lines to this week we had a lead role. You know, and they're just, they do an amazing job, but you have to find the right team. Mm. That's what this industry is about. The right team with your managers, your agents, the right team on set, mm-hmm. the right DP, the right the right people, the right support. Yeah, exactly. The person that gets you. Yeah, and I'm crazy. Like, I'm straight <laughs> up batshit crazy. Like, I'm like, one week, I'm like, we're directing this thing. We're doing this this week. I need an audition a week. You know, like, I'm one of those artists that is like, I push them, you mm-hmm. know, so I have to be around people that can push me back too, sure. you know? So I found that balance finally, but it took, it took a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a hot minute. So real quick, but before we kind of start wrapping up, when to kind of go back to kind of the producing side of you, yes. how do you, like, if you have a project, you're, you're, you're getting into it. What is your mindset? How do you go into beginning that process and making sure that it goes quote unquote smoothly so how much time do we have (laughs) (laughs) best answer in a five to ten minutes yeah okay so as a producer so just this is strictly speaking as a producer the biggest thing is organization and i'm a type personality when it comes because it's right side left side Right. right um organization have everything ready and way in advance as far in advance as possible Take ideas from people, know your budget, know where you have room. Don't always, you don't want to always share your budget, unfortunately, especially in independent filmmaking. You have to protect that. Um, and it's for the the livelihood and the betterment of the project. And just keep that in the back of your mind that, yeah, you know, you can't pay everybody when you're making indie film. You, you can't, but you have to get the project finished and you have to get the project to festivals and you have to do something. I am very lucky. Everything that I've produced has either sold, even my short films, or gone on to do a festival. And I'd, I'd like to keep that, that path going. And I think that anybody can if you put in the work. The organization is the hugest thing. Um, having, it's just, you know what it is? It's like a checklist. It's like, Here's a script. You break down the script. You hire the people. You trust the people that you hire. You know that they're not going to go anywhere. And you keep that budget line in check. 
you know, that's what it's like. And always ahead of schedule, which real filmmakers will laugh their ass off on that. But in pre-production, right, you can be ahead of schedule in pre-production, you know, and know that it's all going to sometimes get thrown out and you have to be versatile enough to work with the people that you hired, that you trust to make the changes in a appropriate Mm -hmm. budget savvy way Mm -hmm. absolutely i I like kind of like that the big thing of like you have to trust the people that come in oh yeah that you you've hired because then you're gonna go crazy doing everything well you can't do everything you can't if you want to be you know i had one project that was really really hard for me i produced a feature film in canada um and it's a project that almost broke me Mm -hmm. um i gave my heart and soul to the directors and the other producers and they just really weren't open. They had this, I want to be famous. I want to be this kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And I put everything, you know, I brought like $2 million worth of gear by donation onto the project. We have a lot of people that support um, up in Canada. And the fact that they didn't get that and they wanted to micromanage when they don't know how to set up a C-sand. Mm-hmm. You know, he almost broke his finger, right? Because there's, right. and I don't pretend, like, I've got good nails, you know, like (laughs) I don't pretend that I know that stuff because I don't. I know how much I need to pay the gentleman or the person that's going to be doing that position. Mm -hmm. And I trust their expertise. And I think that if you want to micromanage, you got to go find something else because you're going to go crazy. Right. And you'll die from stress. Right. Absolutely. Like, how can you know makeup and gripping and cinematography and set that and special effects and composing? Right. Yeah. You know, like... All in one. <laughs> and I, I like talked to my composers yesterday. Mm-hmm. They're an amazing team. Um, the Soundbox crew from UK. Mm-hmm. Um, the work that they've put in. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you know, it wasn't much. But I mean, they've got strings. Mm-hmm. They have like a full choir. Mm-hmm. And this is just for a web series that they've done this. I'm so right. blessed. Nice. You know? And I don't even <laughs> pretend. I literally asked them. I opened the meeting with, so... How did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> nice. But you gotta trust. Nice. Keep working with good people. So we have a few kind of wrap up questions here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is one of the things that we're doing that's new this year is we've we've talked before how important it is sometimes to celebrate your small wins yeah. because you're always looking for those big ones and you don't really notice that hey you've you've had a few victories already. Mm-hmm. So what would you say up to three have been your best or your biggest small wins? In the last week or so. In the last week. Because so, we want to actually celebrate them. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm blushing. <laughs> um, well, we, we found the cinematographer. Hey! Woo! Woo, woo, woo. Hey, that's huge. That is so big. <laughs> and he's lovely. His name is Luke. Luke, Luke. Um, he is amazing. And Shout he out, Luke. Um, on top of that, uh, Kessler Camera has donated all my glass. We're going to be shooting Metamorphic. Yeah! Whoa! Yeah, nice. Yeah. I got so excited. I moved I my know, mic. I'm very excited. I actually just found That's out awesome. about half an hour before I got here. Um, so huge shout out uh, to Kesel Camera and Leslie in Vancouver for setting that up. Fantastic. Wow. Um, yeah, we got some really cool glass that's going to make it look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've also been invited to the ASC Awards that's happening February 9th. So now, what are the ASC Awards? The American Cinematographer Awards. Nice. Wow. Very nice. Okay. Congratulations. Woo! Yay! Yay. Thank you. Congratulations. That is that, that is those huge. are some great wins. Yeah. Fantastic. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because it's it's so hard to think about like how much how big of a deal that is, right? The, through the course of production or your life or something like something comes up and it's like you deserve to win, celebrate that win, even if it's for a moment. Yeah, 
Yeah. Thank you. And, and like I said, people think get depressed when they don't they haven't been cast in a big budget film. But it's yeah. like, well, how many did you go to three auditions this week? That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. So uh, the next question yeah. is obviously we're called Hollywood Hustle. Uh-huh. Uh, we support the hustle that people put in and we even consider it more than just a Hollywood thing. It's definitely a state of mind that can be anywhere. It's Hell global. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So for you and for, for Nicole, how would you define hustle? Mm-hmm. If somebody tells you no, find out what you can learn about the situation and change your behavior. Oh, very nice. Very cool. That's really awesome. And our final thing is, this is something we've done since the beginning. Before Facebook right. and after Friendster, there was a wonderful... Oh, Friendster was like the first Facebook. Yeah. So, But between them, there was a wonderful place called MySpace. Now, MySpace was a great place for people to go to people's profiles, listen to what if God is one of us, while they battled over why they weren't on their top six or top eight friends list. Uh, I'm still mad at my friend Daniel for not putting me on there. So one of the things also people did was they bored themselves out of their minds with quizzes. But these weren't like BuzzFeed quizzes where there was an answer or you got to find out who your favorite Malfoy was. It was just you put information and you posted it. Yeah. Well, I found one of those quizzes. It's 167 questions. Not going to ask you all 167 questions, but I'm going to have you pick six numbers. and I'm going to ask you those questions. Thank gosh, I thought you had went to my MySpace. And I have found your MySpace. I what is this? Fi- no, it's good. No, I don't. I don't even. I don't even know my. I don't even know. I don't even remember what my MySpace login info is. I would yeah, never be able to. I get think on. last time I was on MySpace was before I started college. <laughs> so okay. now the be- the best part about this, and I have okay. to give this to you now, is that nothing is explained. So you answer and then we move on. I don't know why, but I find it hilarious okay. sometimes. So that's the way we do it. So, Nicole, yep. are you ready for your MySpace quiz? Well, let's go. What is your first number? 11. 11. Have you ever kissed anyone on your friends list? Now now that you know MySpace is around, you can do this as Facebook or anything like that. On, on, on me. And that you're on friends MySpace. with on MySpace. Or you can say Facebook now, too. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's your next number? Um, I'm going to go with my least favorite number that is 10. 10. Oh, we're going right back down there. Mm-hmm. Have you met someone who changed... Have you... Oh, this was weirdly written. Have you met someone who changed you in the past month? Yes. All right. What's the next number? <laughs> One. All right. We're going down anymore. What's the last beverage you had? Green juice. Spinach, no sugar. Spinach, kale, broccoli, lime juice, and cayenne. All right. Now, the next three numbers. I feel healthy hearing that. (laughs) So the next three numbers pick between 100 and 167. Okay. Uh, 103. 103. Here we go. What's your favorite type of weather? L.A. (laughs) You just have to say L.A. Because people know. Not not L.A. that we've recently For the last week, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. L.A. like today. L.A. spring. (laughs) Vitamin D. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. All right. What's next? Um, 158. 158. Going to the far end here. We have, did you ever, so these are war, war, really weirdly written. Good have going, you, Tom. Have you ever, me. have you ever me. worn someone else's clothing? Oh, yeah. All right. I think this is my best friend, Megan. <laughs> she's still been, like, every time she's like, do you know where that shirt is? I'm like, nope. 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 Shout out, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question for your MySpace quiz is? One twenty-seven. Here we go, Nicole. Be honest. Have you ever smoked a cigar? 
<laughs> All right. Nicole, that was your MySpace quiz. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm like sweating. So the days of MySpace were intense. <laughs> Once we have a studio, we're going to do like a, a light that's up here that swings on, exactly. on robotics. Oh yeah. I had some gnarly pictures on there No, I can't. I can't find it. Okay, yeah. Deleting that later. So Nicole, this was a blast. You have been so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on with Thank us. So uh, what are some things you have coming up that people can look forward to? And uh, what you know, where can people find you and follow your work? Yeah, we're very excited about the Nick Cage film, mm -hmm. As Four to Settle. And nice. It's coming out mid-year. Okay. Um, nice. Big win for us. Nice. Big win for me and my team. So I like how out. you say us. That is so awesome that yeah. you're like, it's a big win for us. That's well, awesome. it's not just me. Of course. But, you know, that whole phone coffee situation. <laughs> <laughs> phone, coffee, <laughs> legal contracts. Yeah, yeah, you know, all that stuff. So that's a big win. Please check out that film. Absolutely. As Score to Settle. Settle. Um, start with Nick Cage. Nice. this badass kind of Queen Latifah rifle selling yes. uh, gangster. Yes. I love it. Super My dream role. It, it was <laughs> incredible. Um, what else is coming up? My two projects that I'm very passionate about right now are both directing projects. So I am shooting and directing um, this Future Therapy web series. Okay. Um, we're shooting in February, so that'll be coming out. And then the third one is I just got a pitch um, or had a pitch in Vancouver for mm. a music video. Oh, nice. Uh, wow. a band called Color Panther. Ooh. And we're going to be making a music video called Sex. And I'll be directing, um, All right. <laughs> directing that. It's a beautiful, beautiful love story. Fantastic. Um, between two lesbian girls. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, let us know when these come out so yeah. that we can share it on our feeds and everything. We'd love to like let people know, like, hey, you heard her interview earlier this year. Here's the music video. <laughs> yeah. or Here's the movie. I absolutely yeah. will. Please. Let's do it. Where, where, where can people find you oh, if yes. they want to follow oh, you? Yeah. Um, so I'm big on Instagram. Okay. Um, definitely. So it's just Nicole Lear, L-E-I-E-R, mm -hmm. on Instagram. Fantastic. Um, and that's pretty much, you can check out my webpage, which is NicoleLear.com. Um, <laughs> but those are the two places where you can definitely Fantastic. Well, once again, thank you so much. You've been just a pleasure to talk to. And uh, we, we would love you to come back sometime, oh, especially yes. when maybe some of these come out. We can oh, talk a little more it. in depth about the process oh, of getting those made. Absolutely. Like I talk to you guys for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, yeah. Uh, that's the vibe I like to give off. Yeah. <laughs> really good. And you guys are so wonderful. Thank so you. So professional. I had such a blast today. Thank you so much. Appreciate You're so that. welcome. Yeah. And, and tell now, your friends. Uh, and now I'll <laughs> say, though, like one yes. thing that we love to do with all of our guests, we sign off our podcast with saying, keep up the hustle. So yeah. if you can join us uh, with our final sign off. So here we go. Get ready. Get your hustle stretches going. All right. In three, two, one. Keep up the hustle! Hey guys, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Nicole G. Lear. We covered so much and we can't wait to hear from you, our League of Hustle, about what you thought about this interview. What are your big takeaways? What stood out to you? Please send us your thoughts and questions to hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Now again, if you're tuning in on Anchor, you can send us a voice message as well. We'll include it in next week's side hustle and respond to what you have to say. Of course, written messages are also awesome. 
As always, you can reach out to us on social media. Our Instagram is Hollywood Hustle Podcast and on Twitter, LA Hustlecast. You can also follow us personally on both platforms. Michael is Michael Lutheran on both, and I am Daniel Tuttle on both. This episode was brought to you by Team Hustle. Daniel Tuttle is our executive producer, and Michael is our podcast editor. Now join us next week for another side hustle where Michael and I will be checking in with one another to give updates on our journeys, and we'll share our reaction to Nicole's interview and preview our next episode. Do not miss it. These side hustles are awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We love you, love you, love you. We believe in you, believe in you, believe in you. We know that you can put anything to work that you want and make it happen. So always remember to do that. You got to keep up the hustle.